Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. A little introduction first. Back in March... There was a food truck that announced on its social media channels that it was going to be coming to Omaha. And this was a long emotional post, and and we'll get into that more. But what shocked me most was the response. Hundreds of Omahans started interacting and commenting with with this post that was from this truck that was coming from Las Vegas. And the anticipation for this truck only increased over the coming months because... I mean, this was just something that Omaha had not seen before. So this establishment actually, as of recording, just had its first opening a few days ago, and it sold out of its famous Detroit-style pizzas in roughly 45 minutes. Such is the cult of Izzy's Pizza Bus, and today I have the owners to talk about it. Brett and Cherish Geiger, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. We're super excited to be here. (laughs) And what a warm welcome from Omaha. Of course. It's been awesome. We are very, very happy to have you. We're still Detroit pizza uh, neophytes, I would say. We're still learning what Detroit-style pizza is. We've got one or two establishments here, but as a huge fan of Detroit-style pizza, I welcome all newcomers. So to introduce Izzy's, I think there are three things that make you guys unique that I want to hit on. Sure. And the first is the last part of your name, and that's the bus part. So there are a lot of food trucks out there. We're familiar with food trucks. Yep. But the idea of a pizza bus, that is nearly unheard of. So we're, we're going to get more into the backstory of Izzy's later because it is fascinating. It's inspiring. But first off, I just want to get behind like the vehicle itself. Why a bus? Uh, for me at the time, uh, because it was a shell and I could do whatever I wanted with it. There was a lot of, um, when we were looking for a food truck, it was... A lot of older food trucks or, um, you know, just they had all kinds of equipment in there that I didn't need if I were to buy a pre-made one. Um, just, you know, a, a fryer and all these other things that I just needed a pizza oven and a fridge in there and uh, make the most of the space that I could. So um, just kind of looking at something that I could do however I wanted versus have to take out stuff that was already there or modify something like that. I just wanted to start fresh and just do the vision in my head versus like, Oh, just fix up what someone else already made. Um, And then just a long time ago, I had uh, an idea for when I thought I could cook barbecue pretty well. Uh, (laughs) I was uh, I was like, oh, man, it'd be really cool to have a 
uh, like a school bus and turn it into one and have like a double decker and have like seats on top and cook on bottom or something like that. So kind of just evolved from that. I was like, well, if, if we're going to do this, let's still stick with that bus idea. Um, but just jam it full of pizza stuff instead. Does the novelty of having a bus, do you think that that's helped you guys gain some notoriety and that people are used to food trucks, but when they see this bus either on the road or pull up somewhere or yep. it's, it's, you know, in a parking lot of brewery, they're like, okay, what the heck is this? Yeah. This is something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, it really catches people's eyes quite a bit. So, I mean, anytime we're anywhere with the bus, you look around and people are stopping and taking photos. You driving down the road and people are slowing down and taking photos. So I think that really helps catch people's eye. And then they're like, Ooh, what is this? So then they go and look it up and find what we do and they come out. So tried to keep it nice and flashy to catch your attention, which it does. It's hard to merge sometimes you know, when I'm driving and everyone's <laughs> next to you, like honking and doing a photo and all this stuff. I'm like, I got to get over. I mean, thank you. I got to get over there. <laughs> but it's pretty fun though. Yeah. I always try to drive careful because everyone's watching. So <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. So I think the second thing that makes Izzy's Pizza Bus unique, especially in the Omaha market, is obviously the Detroit style pizza. Mm-hmm. So we we basically got uh backlot pizza, which I absolutely love. Yeah, it was great when establishment. I tried it. Yeah. That was kind of Omaha's introduction to mm-hmm. Detroit style a couple of years ago. Yeah. And we're gonna get into the components of Detroit style and kind of what makes it unique, what makes it awesome. But I want to understand how you guys got into it because I know from doing my research, Brett, you, you were a Chicago tavern style guy. Like that was your style of pizza Still am, man. growing up. So like, but how did you, what was it about Detroit style that like caught your attention? And well, why did you catch the Detroit style bug and say, for my pizza, what I'm going to stamp my name on, it's going to be this style of pizza. Um, for me, it was a lot of just kind of trial and error eventually just kind of evolved into one thing. Um, it was a goal to do just like regular round pizzas and taverns and stuff like that. Just, uh, I hadn't actually experimented with Detroit until I went to a place called Good Pie in uh, Las Vegas. Um, I was, uh, kept seeing a bunch of posts on the internet of the Detroit style pizza. And I'd never had that just coming from Rockford, Illinois, where I grew up. Um, we were just big tavern style town. Um, so as soon as I kept seeing it and that cheese on the edge and everything, I was like, what's going on here? I'm going to have to definitely go try this. So I picked one up on the way into work one day and sat in the parking lot and tried to slice and literally was like, oh my goodness, like out loud to myself. <laughs> I was like, there it is. And I went inside to work and went on Amazon, bought me a pan right away. And I was like, I'm going to try this one. Um, so really just, I kind of just fell in love with it just by trying it just because everything looked so delicious on the internet. And then, um. Just over time, I would take uh, I would take pizzas into work. I was just trying to how it started really for me was just not wanting to pay prices for certain pizzas out in Las Vegas. Didn't find what I wanted, so it was like, well, I'll just figure out how to make this myself. So I bought the Pizza Bible from Tony Gemignani, um, and just started diving into all the recipes in there and just making at least one, maybe two batches of dough every day. And then I have to do something with it, so. I would make it and I would take it into my night job at Cirque du Soleil and uh, we'd sit around and eat pizza and all my friends would judge it and do this one, do that one. But then when I started that one, they were, that's when everyone was like, ooh, this is really good. So um, that was that was the indicator is that people would like your pizza, but when you brought the Detroit style yep. in, like, the excitement meter just increased all that much more? Yep. I think also because it was still new out there, there was only 
maybe there was good pie and maybe a pizza rock were doing it, but I think that was it at the time. Um, so it was new there as well. So everyone was kind of like, Ooh, this is awesome. Uh huh. Cherish, do you remember your first experience with the Detroit style? Like <laughs> Brett's cooking all these pizzas and all of a sudden he comes home and he's like, I just had this, this life changing pizza in the parking lot at goodbye. I want to like, I bought this pan. I'm going to start making these. Do you remember what your first experience was like? Um, yeah. Uh, he was making the pizzas and I honestly didn't really like it. <laughs> oh, I was really? Like, oh, I, was I like, still gave her crap about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, it's good, but I don't think I would order it. Cause I grew up here in Omaha and had never had that style of pizza sure. either. And it just was, I was kind of like, uh, it's, it's okay. She's um, like, it's okay, but I'd never order it. Yeah. Um, and then we went to pizza rock and tried theirs. And I was like, Oh, theirs is a little different. And I told him like, Oh, I like the way they did these couple of things on there. So maybe let's try it. And so we did. And then I was kind of like, Oh, okay. There we go. Now, now, then yeah, you're on like the train. This. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There we it's go. getting good. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, he still does totally give me crap about it that I didn't really like it at first. Oh. But, but you came around. You were a I quick did. convert. I did. And it was, now I love it. <laughs> due, due to her help with the, ooh, we should try this. And then when we did, I was like, you're right. That is really good. <laughs> <laughs> As always, it's a team effort. And that plays into what I think is the third thing that makes Izzy's very unique and special. And that's that it is a very, family-oriented business. So not only is the bus itself named after your daughter, Izzy, yep, yep. but you guys work on it together. Mm-hmm. How has family become such an important part of the DNA of Izzy's Pizza Bus? I think it just adds to the whole vibe. Um, you know, with the bus alone, we just try to keep it fun and not too serious, you know, and just have a good time. I mean, that's what life's about, right? So, um, yeah, just... Uh, the way we interact as a family on there um, or the way we come up with decisions together about the business or something like that. Um, sometimes Izzy will come run the window if we need some help or she's trained some people before. You know, she's pretty good. She's only 10. She's training people on <laughs> how to do our ordering system and everything. Um, but, yeah, I think it just comes down to just keeping it fun and not, uh, you know, not trying to over overthink, and overanalyze everything. For sure. And well, and- being in Vegas, it was just the three of us. We had no other family there. So Izzy was kind of forced to be there for a long time. So that just kind of built that family vibe. And a lot of customers grew to love seeing Izzy at the bus. Like if she wasn't there, they, where's Izzy today? Um, so then it's just kind of evolved. And even now here, it's still family. Izzy probably won't be around as much, but we'll still make sure she gets out. But now my dad's part of it too. So we're just keeping that whole family vibe. Yeah, now there's even more family in there, so it's kind of cool. What's the dynamic between you guys when you're when you're on the bus together? Like, <laughs> what are the roles and responsibilities? Not only between you two, but like when Izzy is out, what's she doing when she's not training other employees or other people? Uh, playing video games or being the little spokesmodel, something yeah. like that. Love that. Yeah. She'll put on a magic show once in a while. Like, yep. Ooh, yeah, there we she go. likes to do magic, so she has a little magic kit. She'll bring it out and. Start doing magic for the customers. And we got our buddy George on, in Las Vegas that keeps bugging us. You got to get her doing magic shows. Yeah. Get her doing more magic shows. So, um, yeah, yeah kind of. She just comes out and fits right in wherever she feels like she wants to go. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as far as us dynamic, lately we've been having real good success with uh, Cherish does a lot of the pizza making up on the make line. Um, and then I'll be back on the oven. Partly that evolved because I didn't want to sub- subject people to that heat back there. I was like, I'll just do it. I built the business. I'll go sweat back there, you know, and deal with all that. Um, but it's 
now that we've been doing it for a while, I feel like it's a real nice groove to have her up there, me in the back. I get a little distracted as well, too. So if I'm up by the window and people are talking to me and I'm trying to make pizzas, I'm going to be like, oh, hey, how's it going? What's this? Oops, messed that one up. Oh, I forgot about this one. So keep the yeah. organized lady up there. Yeah. I'm a former teacher, so I can do, my brain can do multiple things there at we once. Go. Yeah. So You're the multitasker. it's easy for me to make and listen to the window at the same time and, and keep that going. And so it just has kind of worked out really well. Yeah, it's been a real nice groove lately. I feel like we can. Definitely got it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll switch it up once in a while. Um, but yeah, it's been working really well with him in the back. <laughs> Switching it up's nice too. I mean, you know, from any job, if you're just going to do the exact same thing every day, all day, it's just going to get a little monotonous, maybe, you know, not boring because we're usually so busy, but it's nice to just, you know, I want someone to have a good time while we're at work. You know, that's part of the point of what we do. You know, it's, we're not working for a corporate boss or, um, being told do this, do this all day long, or even cleaning bathrooms or anything. We're just out there having a good time, you know? So <laughs> whatever, uh, whatever helps anyone have a good time through their work day is we just try to try to vibe with that. Love it. And on the topic of family, that's actually the reason that we are sitting here right now having this conversation, because as you guys have mentioned, you started this bus in Las Vegas yep. and established a very successful business and, Back in, uh, it was March, yeah, March you announced, hey, we're moving to Omaha, and I know that that was, you know, to be closer to family, to, to be mm-hmm. uh, around your family, Cherish, but like, I'm, I'm sure for most Las, Las, Veg- Las Vegans, is yeah. that? Yeah. Las yeah. Vegans? Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll go with it. But it was probably a big surprise for them when that announcement came, because they're I don't even know how many of them could find Omaha or even Nebraska on a map, but uh, like what kind of went into that decision for you guys that, Hey, we've, we've built something really cool. We built a fan base, but we feel like we need to be closer to family. We, we need to go to Omaha. What went into that decision for you? Um, well, he initially brought it uh, I mean, we've talked about it off and on for a few years, getting back closer to family, especially for our daughter. Um, but it really came up back in March when we knew we were going to be approaching season in Vegas where it's too hot to work. Um, last summer, we had to close down for two months because it was just oh, wow. too hot to work. Um, it came down to safety of our employees, um, food safety, keeping the fridge at the right temp and stuff. So we knew we were approaching that season for this summer, and so we had to make a decision to do we just shut down again for two months and live off of what we've been able to save a little bit, um, or do we take the leap and move like we've talked about? And uh, since our daughter's starting junior high this year, we figured it would be a good time to get her out of Vegas and back to family and good, better schools and uh, just take it and go and hope it works. <laughs> and just since she's, uh, uh, you know, out in Vegas, like she said, we didn't have any family or anything there. Um, so she did, she had very minimal places to go while we worked and everything. So just having the, that family backbone here for something for her to do besides just, well, you got to come sit in the heat with us again while we make pizza. It's nice for her to have her grandparents around so that she can have something to do and enjoy her life a little bit more as a kid, being not forced to come to work every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys had an Instagram story a, a couple weeks ago. It was a picture of her with, I believe it was one of her grandparents, and they were out on a dock fishing or, or mm-hmm. something along those lines. And, and the yep. caption was like, this is a big part of why we made the move or something like that. And that just like, that hit me right in the feels. And it was like, wow, like that is so cool that you would 
just prioritize family and say, yeah, we've got this successful business, but family comes first. And we want Izzy to be with her family and, you know, experience these really fundamental growing years with them. Mm-hmm. I thought that, that was just really cool. And I wanted to affirm you guys in that. Awesome. Um, yeah, thanks. Thank you. Yeah, it's, so all, enough, it's all about her. Yeah. Enough <laughs> all the sappy stuff. Let, let's talk about pizza. Let's get into Detroit let's style pizza here. Yes. Yeah. So. And you guys feel free to open this up and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there are five characteristics that really define Detroit style pizza and make it different than other pizzas. That would be the crust, the dough, the cheese, the sauce on top, and the shape. One of those, the shape, we can knock out super quick. They're rectangular. That's different. They're not a circle. Boom. We can knock that one off. I would like to dive into the other four a little bit more deeply to help Omaha's understand exactly what we're getting into here. And we got to start with a crust. Yeah, let's do because it. Because this is, and I love pizza crust. Don't get me wrong, but this is the only pizza style to me where I'm eating the pizza and the crust bites are the best part because you're, you're just like waiting to get to the edge of the mm-hmm. pizza because that's the best because you just get those, those pans create those awesome, like crispy caramelized edges just how do the pans create that crust and what is it about that sensation you think that makes it so just tantalizing and, and unique to Detroit style as opposed to any other style of pizza? Um, well, I think you touched on it for sure that that is kind of um, that is kind of what makes the Detroit style pizza, I guess, uh, what it is for me, at least as well. Um, it all has to start with that dough, in my opinion, because um I mean, some people make their own fresh mozzarella or whatever, but we don't do that. And we just, we buy good quality meats and stuff like that um, to put on it. But everything else on the top, even though it's delicious, you just buy it and put it on there. So it has to start with that good base. You have to know what you're doing, especially in the in the food truck environment where we're dealing with different weathers all the time, you know, humidities and different temperatures in there. Um, so you just have to focus on that dough. I don't know. It just... Um, just comes down to just making thousands of batches of it and just learning what each one does. Like I have a notebook and a half, maybe more filled with just uh, all the different dough formulas that I've tried just because I don't think I've ever made the same one more than a few times because there's always something that I'm seeing it do that I want to learn, you know, oh, let's, you know, push this envelope and go more, more salt, more yeast, more water. Um, so it's just, it's always just a constant, uh, just chase to find that perfect dough, you know? And I mean, it's never perfect. It's never going to be, but I'm, I had that vision in my head that I'm just trying to get to, um, by any means necessary, you know, it's just whatever I can, whatever I can do to make that dough, you know, what it should be as far as, uh, doing a proper Detroit style. It's going to be, um, just to touch on some of the specifics of the dough, it's going to be traditional, um, Detroit style dough is 70% water or more. Um, right now we're about 70%. I was making it higher in Las Vegas, but the humidity here, I'm still learning, you know, what the best mix that I like for our style of pizza is. So I'm doing about 70% water right now. And then, um, you know, just nothing crazy in there. It's just water, salt, uh, flour, yeast, and a little bit of oil. Um, try to keep it basic. Don't overdo it. Um, but yeah, we get at least a 24 hour, sometimes a 48 hour, uh, fermentation on it. Let it, you know, puff up and do its thing, let it come alive, um, cut it off and put it in the pan. And then after that, it still proofs for a few more hours in the pan. The, um, the point is, you know, to get it 
like you've seen, just like pillowy and, and as light as we can, not too dense. A lot of people get it confused with like a deep dish or a uh, or a stuffed pizza, and it's just not that heavy. Mm-hmm. They'll pick it up and they'll be like, "Oh my goodness, I didn't think it was going to be this light." Mm-hmm. And then trying to get that nice golden bottom, golden edges on it with that caramelized cheese crust crown, where it's kind of like. If you look at the side of ours, it's kind of like half and half. The top half's that caramelized cheese. The bottom half's that brown, yummy dough. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just trying to trying to get to that vision in my head for the most part for me. Yeah. I think in addition to that crown that you just mentioned with the cheese, the dough itself is the number two thing that is the most unique thing about Detroit Sion. That it's not thin crust, like you said. It's not like deep dish, but mm-hmm. it's like it's. I hear it most similarly compared to focaccia bread. Exactly. And that it's bubbly, it's chewy, it's kind of fluffy on the bottom. And I find it fascinating that you say you're constantly experimenting with different dough recipes and you haven't made the same one more than a few times. Like, Mm -hmm. what is that R&D process like? I mean, do you just... Do you bite into a piece from each batch and you're like, man, this needs more salt or this could use a little bit more water? Like, what is that experimentation process like for you? Uh, It comes down to a lot of times I can just tell just by looking at it now. So I've made so many, even at the mix when I'm pulling out of the mixer, I can just kind of tell what it's going to do a little bit. Um, it's, It's a cross between visual and flavor. Of course, more flavor. I'd rather it taste good than look amazing. I mean, a nice Instagram picture is awesome and all, but... I mean, I could make a terrible dough look good, probably, yeah. you know? So <laughs> If it tastes bad, customers aren't coming exactly, back. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it all comes down to that in the end. Flavor is the number one most important thing, hands down. Because, I mean, if you don't have a good taste in pizza, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so just trying to chase that. I mean, you know, like, I still have to experiment a little bit with, like, a sourdough, a starter, just because I haven't done it because of our environment. We use shared kitchens as well, so the temperature fluctuates. Everything's different. But, no, just... Really trying to get that flavor, trying to keep it nice and golden brown, you know, get it, make sure it's cooked right all the time. Um, it's just, it's always a chase. I don't know. There's a, like I said, I don't think it's ever going to be perfect or at least what I have in my head, but I know what I'm looking for. So I just, I just keep chasing that, whatever it is. And there's, you know, social media has been really nice too, because there's uh, so many pizza people on there that are willing to talk with, talk with you and help you and figure out problems with you. Um, People like Vince from Good Pie has been really nice in trying to help me out with finding flowers or, you know, whatever my question might be for the day. He's come over and said, do this, do this. Um, so, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's an it's an absolutely delicious chase. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's a beautiful way to describe it. Do you guys get comments from repeat customers that, oh, this is, you know, a little bit different or this is a little bit, you know, uh, chewier today or whatever? Or are the differences so subtle that most people wouldn't notice some of our customers that especially in Vegas who were coming all the time. I mean, there were people who would come twice a week. They knew our, our route and would come and they were, have been a few times where like, oh, what'd you do different today? Um, so it's kind of interesting. You know, those people can definitely tell the difference in why you, you did, what did you do different to the dough this time? Because it tastes way different or it looks way different. So, uh, but they always love it and they're all, always down for it you know they know we're trying to find that perfect thing and so they're you know it's fun because then we know that what we're doing is noticeable and 
and we can get that feedback too from somebody other than just ourselves. Yeah, it's always great to get feedback from a third party. And oh, I love can, it. I'm sure you you can drive yourselves crazy just being like, I think this is different. I think it's good, but like I've tried hundreds of these. I don't really exactly. know. Yeah. But to hear someone else say it and be like, hey, this, this is a little bit better today. What, what'd you do? Like, I'm sure that that's good affirmation. Like, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, I love when that happens just because that's what I'm looking for. I, I would love the feedback, especially from someone that's had it before, um, that actually noticed the difference. And I'm like, yes, they, they noticed it. And hopefully, I mean, I don't honestly care if they tell me they liked it more or less because it's like I said, it's always a chase. So, um, that honest feedback from someone that's had it before has been really helpful as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, dear listener, but I like to know where my food comes from. I love when restaurant menus list all the different producers and farms where their meats, cheeses, and vegetables arrive from. It gives me confidence that I'm eating a quality product because the restaurant is proud to attach its name to the brand. The same goes for beef, and that's one of the main reasons why I love Certified Piedmontese. Certified Piedmontese is farm-to-fork traceable as it purchases its cattle from a trusted network of family ranches in the Midwest. All certified Piedmontese beef is raised without hormones, steroids, or antibiotics, and it's 100% source verified by Where Food Comes From Incorporated. And when you buy certified Piedmontese, you know where your food is coming from and why it tastes so good. Place your order today on Piedmontese.com with my promo code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, and feast on delicious, safe cuts of beef with confidence. And now, back to my guest. Okay, the third defining characteristic of Detroit-style pizza, I would say, is the cheese. You guys use a combination of mozzarella and Wisconsin brick cheese. Why that combo? Uh, The brick cheese is the traditional um, for a Detroit-style. I think a lot of the places there use maybe just a brick cheese. Um, I know that, or, you know, they might be kind of evolving into the mixture at this point. I still have to get to some of those original OG places, you know, out there. Um, unfortunately, haven't had the the money or the chance to get out there yet. But that's the next trip, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it just comes down to I'd like to try to, you know, pay respects to the people that invented that style. And that's what they used. So that's what we try to use. Um, it's honestly been a little bit of a challenge finding that out here. I've been having to kind of mix and substitute a little bit as we get going because we're still just, you know, we're still brand new. We just had our first gig the other day. So. Um, but I think I found a distributor that can get, get us exactly what we want at this point. So I'm just telling everyone, you know, it's just going to keep getting better as we go, as I'm, you know, new to town and still learning all the distributors and what food is being able to purchase where. So, um, but the, the brick cheese just has like a salty butteriness to it and the, the, the fat and the oils in it and everything. They just, it just really helps create that. Uh, cheese crown that we're talking about on the side um and we also shred our own as well which i think makes a big difference if you buy that pre-shredded stuff i know uh david from virtuoso was talking about um some of the cheese he uses too and we just if when you buy a pre-shredded cheese and it's got that anti-caking stuff all over it's going to add to your grease um it's going to change the flavor um a lot of that stuff is shredded real small so we have a longer bake time with detroit style pizza if you put a feather shredded cheese in there, it's just going to get, you know, dark faster on the edge, maybe even burn. Um, so I've been using a nice big fat cheese shredder lately and getting like half inch shreds, um, just to try to create that little bit slower melt with the longer bake. And uh, yeah, just, it's all about that edge, man. Just trying to get that edge the way it needs to be. 
These are things that I think just customers never even think about, like how fast does a certain cheese melt versus another cheese? Like I love just getting into the, the science of pizza. And I also think it's really interesting. You brought up, hey, we're new to town and we're trying to find distributors who can get us Wisconsin brick cheese or, you know, can get us a certain type of flour, potentially stuff like that. Can you guys maybe touch on that a little bit? Because I think that's something most diners don't really understand is that you have to find distributors who can get you these specific products. And maybe you had those in Vegas, but now you got to create whole new relationships here. What is that dynamic like? Uh, Frustrating at times (laughs) lately, just all that, you know, that, business startup stuff if anyone's been through it you know we're doing it for the second time now in a new place so um it can get frustrating when there's like four or five distributors and you have to go to this place for one and this place for one thing and this place for one thing it's like driving all over town it's it's a full day of work before we even get to work yeah um either just trying to contact someone or i have to drive you know to i have to drive 50 miles to lincoln to to get a lot of our stuff right now um because it's the only place i can find it out here um, so it's just, I don't know, it's, but it's fun as well. And cause we're trying new things at the same time. So maybe we like something more, maybe ooh, that's way better than I would have thought. But yeah, in Las Vegas, there was one distributor. I would just go to them and then I would go to Costco for my veggies and stuff. And then we'd go about our day. Um, so yeah, just, just trying to chase exactly, like I said, it's always, it's never been the same once and I'm always chasing the vision. So I'm just trying to, trying to find it and <laughs> it's out there somewhere, but yeah. And you know, like we said before, we were really important quality ingredients. That's a big thing for us. So, you know, while maybe we can find some things closer, not having to drive to Lincoln or whatever, but we want those quality ingredients. So we're going to go farther to get those if we have, if we have to, in order to keep that quality. Mm-hmm. So, all right, and now we're on to what I would say is the fourth and final defining characteristic of Detroit style pizza, and that is probably the thing that I hear a lot of comments on is why is the sauce on top? <laughs> People are not familiar with that, yep. so I'll just open it up to you guys. With this style of pizza, why is the sauce on top as opposed to on the bottom? Uh, again, coming down to you know how they how they made it. Um, Back when it was invented um, and just traditionally how it's done, um, it's it's pretty much always on top. There's, you know, some people will put it on before it goes in the oven. We like to put it on afterward. That was one of the things that um, one of the comments she had that, you know, made it really stand out differently, I think, because at first I was putting it on top before the bake. But then you have to think also with that we're trying to keep that dough, you know, nice and fluffy as we can um, at all costs. So when you add that weight and that moisture on top of there before the bake, um, for this style of pizza, it's just going to weigh it down, make it heavy, make it wet in the oven. Um, it'll change the sauce characteristics a bit cause it's mm-hmm. baking in there, you know, for 15 minutes. Um, but yeah, it just comes down to tradition, trying to, trying to, trying to keep it there. And then just the freshness of it. We, um, we use a Stanislaus tomatoes called Seven Eleven. Um, it's like the best tomatoes. You just eat them with a spoon. They're so good. Um, <laughs> come from Modesto, California. Um, but we just, uh, we make it fresh, you know, top of the, top of the gig every day. And then we'll just keep it in a warmer, um, and just throw it on afterward. And it just, a lot of the comments that we get are that it's just, uh, it just tastes like we just, just made it, which we pretty much did. You know, it came, came from an awesome company right out of a can. We only use uh, salt and garlic in it. Nothing crazy. Um, it's all about just starting with that good product that, 
just tastes awesome on top because uh, you don't need to do a whole lot if you just start with excellent tomatoes to begin with. Absolutely. And tell them about Izzy. So, yeah, Izzy kind of, Izzy, Izzy was the main creator of the sauce. We we knew what we wanted to use. Um, so one day before we opened, we made like three or four different versions of sauce, adding just some various ingredients in, and basically just set bowls of it in front of Izzy and let her taste them all. And the one that she liked is the one we use. Really? Um, and she literally will get a bowl of sauce and just eat a bowl of sauce with, with the spoon. She loves, it. she loves the sauce. So that's all from her. You know, we gave her a few options because she was what, seven, seven years I old, I think, seven, when yeah. we started it. So, you know, she didn't know a lot about it all, but we were like, oh, this is what they typically do. And so we made up a few batches and put it to her, and she, she had the final say. So we have Izzy to thank for that delicious. Absolutely. Absolutely I wanted yeah. her to have a part in something. She's uh, she's not as into the dough. She doesn't care about the mixing. The dough, so, you know, so, yeah. It's like, here, take something that you enjoy, and we'll uh, whatever you say, we'll let you be the boss on this one. So. I mean, if she's eating that sauce by the bowlful, we can feel pretty confident this is good stuff. So it's so good. Absolutely. What kid just grabs a spoon of tomatoes and eats them? You know, it's like not too, at least I didn't, you know, but. I love Maybe that. if they tasted like this, I would have. <laughs> <laughs> so getting into Izzy's Pizza Bus, the menu specifically for you guys, you uh, usually offer six pizzas, and there are a couple specials that come in and out, but I love that you keep that that menu kind of reined in, especially when you're talking about a, a mobile operation. Like, you can't be offering 15, 20 different things. That would just get crazy. But there's one in particular that I want to highlight because this is the one that has me like, and we're recording at 9.45 on a Monday morning right now, and I'm just like salivating already. I think I know which one you're talking about. We'll see. Well, what do you think it is? Take a guess. Red Harvest. Oh, it's the Red Harvest. (laughs) Is it? So, Oh, of course. That's my baby right there. (laughs) So I want to talk about this baby. For people who haven't had it, haven't been on the website, and haven't drooled over the photos like I have, this is a... Pizza that has char or cup and char pepperonis, diced bacon, pepperdu peppers. It's got that red sauce that Izzy loves. Got that Parmesan Reggiano, a little garlic ricotta, and Mike's hot honey. Which anyone who's had Mike's hot honey on a pizza, like you can't go back. Like there, there's a, there's a point in your life where you have hot honey on pizza before and after, and they're like two separate parts of your life. Yep. But anyway, you say the Red Harvest is your baby. I just want to open it up, what, like. Tell me about this pizza. How did you come up with it? Why is it so awesome? Like, just go. Um, that was, I believe it was, uh, it was either on the way to or like maybe a day or two before like our grand opening day in Las Vegas. I was like, we need a special pizza. We can't just be having just pepperonis and, and sausage out there. We got to have something different. Um, we didn't, it was, you know, it was our first one out. We didn't really know what was going on. Um, so just kind of came up with it driving around in my head. I was like, what ingredients do we have? What can I throw together? Um, literally just came up with it in my head. And then when we got there, um, we made it and tried it. And uh, these like some of these food bloggers from Las Vegas were out there that night. And I was all kinds of nervous. I was like, oh, man, I hope that one's good or whatever. And they were just drooling over it, just taking all these photos. And it looked really good. I mean, visually, as you've seen, it just looks really nice, too. Um, little piece of art I try to make because... You know, I know people are going to do photos and all that, too. So we try to make it visually look appealing. Um, but I think it's just it's my baby just because it was the f- really the first. It was just a special at the time. It wasn't uh, on the menu all the time. Just like we need something different for the day. 
and I came up with it and it just immediately took off and it's been our top seller like by by far for a long time. I think it comes down to for that one being so popular is it has a little bit of everything. It's got a little bit of spice from the pepperdew peppers and the honey, but then it's got the sweetness because those peppers also have a sweetness to them and the ricotta adds that sweetness. So it's got a little bit of everything, saltiness from the pepperonis and the bacon. So there's just, a, it's such a good balance of that all those flavors. That cools yeah. it down a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I tried to just go in my head and like, let's try to get every flavor profile that we have available on our bus into one pizza. And I think that one does a pretty dang good job of it. Mm-hmm. That is the one that I am, I mean, I'm I'm going to try all the pizzas at some point, but that's <laughs> the are. one that I have in my mind. It's like Inception. It's been planted in there. It's a dream within a dream. Good, and it's it, working. It will be realized at some point, and I'm very, very much anticipating that day. So we've talked a lot about pizza so far. I want to get into you guys' backstory and how you got into the pizza game. Sure. Because I, what I know about it from my research I find fascinating, I think we're going to get even more actually talking to you guys. So you mentioned, Brett, you were an audio engineer at Cirque du Soleil, like when this whole pizza fascination started. So tell me about that. Like how does someone in that line of work become obsessed with pizza to the point where they're making it every single day? Uh, well, growing up in uh, Rockford, Illinois, like I said, we were just a uh, tavern style town for the most part. Um, and that's just what I wanted. You know, I just missed it from being home. And um, that's not really a thing in Las Vegas. There's a few places now that are doing it. Um, but even the ones that are doing it now, it's completely different um, than the ones. There's there's something about Rockford pizza. If anyone does go to Rockford, Illinois, just go around to some places like Lino's and Capri's and John's. There's some delicious uh, tavern-style pizza there that will just blow your mind. So that's really what I was just trying to chase at first. Um, and just working at Cirque du Soleil, she was a – Cherish was a teacher. Um, so I'm sitting at home alone all day with nothing to do, and I was like – I probably shouldn't be going out and spending money and doing all these things. So um, just one day we just went to a pizza spot in town and I was just like, man, I'm just, I just can't find what I want. I'm just going to buy a book and just try it myself and see what happens. Um, so I would spend those daytimes when I had nothing to do before my job and just make dough, read, get on the forums online, just try it out. Um, and it was never a goal to even have a business. I just wanted to make pizza because i missed what I had when I was growing up. Uh, so just, you know, kept making it, kept taking it into work at, at Cirque. And then, um, there's a lot of downtimes at the, at the shows there. So, um, either lunch break or before the show and, you know, we're just kind of standing by waiting. Um, I would cook it in the toaster oven we had a little kitchen up in the break room. So I would be up there, you know, warming up the pizza, putting notes on there. Don't turn this off. Send me a radio call. If you got to turn the <laughs> oven off, warming it up. And then I'd go up at lunchtime and I'd cook pizza up there and, uh, just make everyone smell it and make everyone jealous. Um, but it came down to a lot for me personally. Um, just kind of like boredom at work. Really. I was just kind of sitting around all night. Um, like having a really good time when the shows were running, but Besides that, there's a lot of just, like I said, just downtime, just kind of waiting. There's rehearsals going on, and you can't always, you know, do the work that we need to do or that we had to do. Um, so I'd spend my time just, I'd take my books in there, and I'd read them or get on the Internet and read forums and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, just um, I had all that daytime, so we just, I just tried to use it and not get into trouble. <laughs> 
So <laughs> pizza kept me out of trouble for a while. Um, but then in the end, it just came down to uh, the pandemic, really, because we started before all that. Um, but it was just kind of as I had time, like I would go and do a lunch at, outside of a grocery store until like 1 or 2 p.m., um, pack it up and then go into work for the night. Um, so I was already doing it, but just just part time, just kind of for fun. Um, and then uh, once that once the pandemic hit and we got that phone call that you can't be coming to work anymore for a while. I was like, well, uh, what do we do, you know, now? I mean, there's unemployment, but that's not going to pay the bills. And then we're just going to be sitting around bored with nothing to do and waiting. So um, it was honestly really, really beneficial for us being a food business. And one of the only things that was allowed to keep operating. So at that point we figured, let's just try it full time and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so just started going out, just started finding places and we'd, um, you know, online ordering popped up at that point. So we started the online stuff and, you know, grab and go and no contact and all that stuff. Uh, and it's just, man, it's just been a crazy evolution. It's hard to even like think of all the steps that happened yeah. mm-hmm. put in there. So I want to back up real quick as like this pizza obsession is starting to build and, and you're buying books and you're doing all this experimenting cherish. Like, what is this time like for you? Are you excited to see your husband get so passionate? Are you worried that he's like going through a midlife crisis or are you just so excited because you're getting to try different pizza um, all the time? What was it like? I know you? what she always says about this. <laughs> so Brett's kind of notorious for, for getting an idea in his head and wanting to do something. Let's do yep. it. Um, he's like, yes, I want to do this. I'm really into this. And then it fizzles out. Um, and it just then, it's nothing anymore. So honestly, I was very excited for good pizza because I, you know, growing up in Omaha, we had pretty good pizza here too. And I, again, couldn't find great pizza in Vegas. So I was, you know, yeah, okay, cool. Make our own homemade pizzas. And then he got the idea, oh, I want to make it a business. I want to buy this bus and do all this. And I'm like, She's oh like, my oh, good Lord, great. here we go again. <laughs> um, some other idea in his head. And at first I kind of resisted. And then at one point I was like, all right, you know what? Just let him do it because worst case it doesn't work out or he gets bored. We can sell the stuff. Um, so I just kind of let him go do it. It kept him busy during the day while I was at work and our daughter was at school. So, you know, he had something to do. Um, and then it just kind of was like, all right, I'll help out once in a while, you know, when he, when I can, you know, a lot, like you said, he did a lot of lunches at first. So I was always at work. So when he did do an occasional weekend lunch, I would hop on and help out here and there. But then, like you said, once the pandemic hit, um, we weren't necessarily done teaching, but we were teaching online. So I had a lot more availability to hop on and help. And then it just, once we saw how busy we were getting and I, I Vegas is a hard place to teach. Um, so I was getting very burnt out um, and just kind of ready to be done. And so we made the decision for me to resign from the district and hop on full time with him. But I'm honestly, I, I have to say sometimes I'm still surprised that he didn't just give up on the idea. Um, but it's been great that he hasn't. So now I'm fully on board and I think not, maybe not quite as excited all the time as him. He, he geeks out a little bit more than I do on it. Um, <laughs> Gotta geek out. Mm. But it's, it's fun. It's, it's nice that it's something that we do together. It's nice that we call the shots. Um, I, I haven't got that drive to go back to teaching yet. So it's nice that we have something that we can do in the meantime. Um, mm-hmm. And I may never go back, but 
I have some people here in town who are teachers who are trying to get me back, but <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gone to that side yet. <laughs> it's just been, you know, on top of just the, the pizza and everything else, the adventure of owning your own business and doing your own thing. And like she said, calling the shots and, um, you know, just not being told what to do all the time. Like most of us do our whole lives. Um, it's been a crazy ride. And, uh, I know some of these things don't last forever too. So that's another reason just go for it, you know, and get in. If it's working, yep. it's working. Let's keep it rocking. Let's try to learn. Let's try. I mean, let's try to make it last forever. Why not? Right. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the, one of the American dreams, right? So, um, yeah, just, just trying to chase it as long as it'll go. And as, as long as people keep loving what we're making, we're just going to keep improving and keep going. And I don't have any intention of stopping. Now you guys have both kind of mentioned how the bus was, I mean, obviously, you know, if you're creating an entire bus and everything, it's a little bit more than a side hustle, but it was kind of something that you were doing on the side while you had full-time jobs. Mm -hmm. And then the pandemic kind of provided that clean break and an opportunity to say, okay, like we don't have, you know, natural jobs right now because of what COVID has done. Yep. Maybe the pizza bus is something we lean fully into. Was that just like a really easy decision or was that still just kind of like, Oh, this feels fast. I think it was easy in the in the way that we didn't have a choice. Yeah. It's, it's either do that or don't. Yeah. And I was like, well, we already have it, and people like it, and I like it, and it's a job, so let's just do it. You yeah. know, it's the, nothing else is allowed to even go on right now. It's like, nope, any food place can open and grocery stores, and that's it. So yeah. <laughs> It was a lot easier jump for him, I think, too, because he didn't really have a choice. Cirque was closed and we didn't know how long that was going to be closed and what was going to happen when and if it did reopen um so it was an immediate opportunity for us to have some work for myself it was a lot harder decision to decide to quit teaching give up that secure paycheck for both of us you know now it was going to come down to can we make enough money to survive with us both doing this versus i had a steady paycheck as a teacher um and, and when you have a family, that's kind of important. So it was a big leap of faith for me to finally say, okay, I'm going to quit teaching. We're going to both jump into this and hope that we can survive doing that. So it, it was it was pretty scary. I think in the end, though, it always comes down to passion as well because, I mean, we could have, you know, done Uber Eats, you know, and just drive around, or we could have, uh, you know, moved here and lived with her folks and just um, – wrote it out and found jobs or whatever. But when you're that passionate about something that you love so much and it's working, um, that really helped. Mm-hmm. I mean, the feedback from the public out there that everyone was enjoying our pizza. Um, and then just that I love making it and I love eating it and everything. Um, you know, just that's what keeps it going too. Cause I mean, you could have a job that, you know, works fine and you make your money, but it's not the same as having a, an immense passion for it yeah. and just wanting you know, to keep, keep making it better and just keep going. Mm-hmm. So even before COVID, you guys had built a little bit of a following and, and people knew what the bus was and they were liking it, but it wasn't at the point where, you know, it was ready to be a full-time job. So when you did decide, Hey, we're going to lean fully into this thing. What was the point where you were like, people love this pizza. This, this actually can be our full-time job. We made the right decision here. Um, seeing repeat faces was a big indicator, a lot, someone that would come out two to three times a week. And I mean, you know, as a consumer, you have a choice on where to spend your money that you've worked, you know, hard to make. 
Um, you could spend that anywhere you want. So the fact that people were just chasing us down, sending me messages, where are you going to be? Um, well, even if you're sold out, can you hold me some, you know, and stuff like that. Um, I mean, how many restaurants are they like calling to try to like, can you please reserve me some and don't yeah. sell it all? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's a big indicator just that, uh, I mean, I, I, I just make the pizza that I like, but um, apparently everyone else is <laughs> enjoying it as well. So it's just, uh, it's heartwarming and humbling and um, just uh, that's, that's what keeps you going is when you see that you're making people smile. I remember that first pizza might have even been that Red Harvest, you know, at our opening event in Las Vegas. And I look out of the window and there's this couple um, and they're just sharing the pizza. And I see them take a bite and I see them smile and I see them looking at each other in their eyes, you know, having their dinner date and everything. I was like, that's what it's all about right there. I was yeah. like, that's going to keep me going right there. Yeah, I think, too, the thing that really hit me like this is going to work was it was I, towards the beginning of the pandemic and not only just seeing repeat customers, but then having a couple customers, Vegas is big. Um, and having a couple of customers say, Oh, I drove 45 minutes across town for your pizza. There's a lot of other pizza places in between where they came from and where we were. And you passed all of those to come for our pizza. So when somebody says they're driving that far for your pizza, not just once, but multiple times, it's like, okay, something, we got something here. So this might just work. Uh huh. And we mentioned that the idea of the bus is a very novel concept. And a lot of people just see it. It's bright red. Like it, there's no missing it. No, (laughs) if it's it's in your near vicinity, you're going to see it and you're going to recognize it. So part of it is just, you know, people seeing it and being drawn in. But how, how do you get the word out about a new business, especially when you're doing it full time? Like, how do you let people know this, that this is something come try it? Uh, it's been social media, honestly, um, when used the right way and, you know, not just on there, just playing around, like, um, using it for business and just trying to reach people and stuff. That's, that's, what's been the most, uh, the most beneficial I think is social media and people sharing. Um, like I said, visually, even with the red harvest and stuff that you see, try to make it something that someone's going to want to tell other people about or want to share, um, just because social media is so huge. Um, so a lot of Instagram, um, we'd, I'd be on there and just, you know, pictures of pizza, pizza, pictures of pizza all the time. Um, but between, between social media and word of mouth, um, I've tried to do everything just kind of organically and just let it flow and, you know, don't, pay for followers and don't, uh, you know, boost my posts or anything like that. I just kind of want to see who talks about it and where it goes. Um, and then moving here, you know, like the Omaha food lovers group, um, has been very instrumental. Thanks, Stacy. Appreciate you. Um, and, uh, just everyone talking about it on there and sharing it. I mean, I don't know being a small business, I don't know another cost effective way to reach that many people like that, you know? So it's, it's been a blessing that, um, something like that exists as long as you're using it in a productive way. I think the thing that I love about Izzy's social media is you guys kind of have a mix of different things. Like so many businesses will just take pictures of their food and post it. And and that's great. And you guys do that, Mm -hmm. but you also share customer posts and you share some stuff from your personal life. Like I mentioned earlier, you had that story with Izzy in it, or I know you guys have been going around town and like, trying out local breweries and stuff. And you'll say, Hey, we're here at, you know, uh bearded brewer. We're trying this ale or whatever. This is delicious. Like stuff like that. 
was that intentional in your social media strategy to kind of have this mix of different offerings or did that just kind of happen organically? Just kind of happened. Um, yeah. I don't really have a personal page anymore because um, just past, I kind of get into trouble sometimes on social media <laughs> if I'm just on there yapping. We all do. Yeah. Yes. yeah. You know, <laughs> you know how it goes. Yeah. Uh, so I've tried to uh, just kind of bring at least a little piece of that into into our social media just to show that it's real. It's not ran by um, just someone crunching numbers, you know, just, hey, we have to put a post up today. It's not about that. It's just about we're a family. We're just like you. We're just getting around town. Um, and we're a small business like all these other places that we go. Um, so if I if I can share what I love, you know, um, or just a glimpse into, hey, what we're doing, or maybe someone responds, oh, that's really good, but you got to try this. Um, it's only better for everyone, including hopefully, um, you know, the businesses. If I if I can share what I love and maybe someone's like, oh, I've never even heard of that place. And they can go support them as well as us. You know, that's mm -hmm. that's win-win for everybody, in my opinion. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. And some of the, you know, posts about the family and stuff, too, came about just so people knew who we were, you know. Um, hey, this is us. This is what our business is about. Um, want to keep it real. We want to, yeah. yeah, you know, it's super important, obviously, to share our food. But we felt that it was important, too, to, you know, this is who we are. We're real people. We're not some computer or whatever. Um, and just, just to give a little background in, on ourselves, like this is where we came from. This is what we do. You know, they're so. not robots making your pizza. <laughs> we're, we're real people. Yeah. yeah. We're just yeah. hanging out just like you. We like food. We like beers. We like nature, you know? So, um, yeah. And just, um, I don't know, just trying to, trying to get the word out. Like I said, just, um, share the love, small, the small business love too. So, I find that, especially for us as a food truck, where we need places to go, we don't have a shop or something like that and bring people to us. Um, it's nice that when some place invites us there um, so we can, you know, make our money to feed our family, I feel like I owe it to them to at least talk about them and mm -hmm. uh, and share and say, you guys should come support them as well because we're all in this together, you know, as the small business team and the community is all in it. You know, we're all just trying to survive. You know, we're not... None of us are getting very rich, clearly, but we're paying our bills. And um, thanks to the people that come support us, I mean, we can't do it without any of them. So just trying to share that love as much as we can. Speaking of that support, like I mentioned off the top, there was a tremendous amount of anticipation before you guys did your first public event, before even anyone really even knew, I think, what Izzy's Pizza Bus was. You guys put out that post that you were leaving Vegas and you're going to be coming to Omaha and that was shared and commented on like that blew up that was sure all did. over was my crazy. social media yeah. feeds <laughs> which is crazy because omaha has i mean we have new restaurants open all the time we have places that you know come here and a lot of them will get you know some excitement but not like this what were you guys surprised just by the i guess excitement or like the just the expression of emotion that people had to that post i was yeah, yeah i mean i didn't even expect it um i didn't know that anyone here even knew i think it was uh maybe it was matt frampton or he blew it up yeah i think it was partly him yeah thanks matt appreciate you <laughs> um and and a couple other people um in las vegas just oh i know someone in omaha we're gonna share it for you or whatever i had no idea that was even gonna happen i yeah. was like let's just go and just try it i figured we'd be 
you know, completely dead slow when we got here and just have to build up just like we did there. Um, but somebody, somebody shared something somewhere and then they were like, Oh, you got to check out this Omaha page. You're like blowing up. And I was like, what? And I looked on there and I saw what you saw and I was like, Oh my goodness. (laughs) No no idea. And that's hard to manage too. I mean, I, you know, I get so many messages and emails every day too, talking about it invite, invite me here. Just, just want to comment about it or whatever. And it's, it, it got really hard to keep up. I'm still learning. I don't know. You know so <laughs> it's definitely been, it was a surprise for sure. I kind of expected just to start small and yeah. sell a few a day and word of mouth eventually. You know? Nope. Nope. <laughs> that <laughs> was not going to happen. Gonna throw you right into the fire and just here you go. We like our food here in Omaha. I've noticed. And we, when, when we find something we like, we will absolutely rush it and just good go crazy over yeah. it. I mean, that's good for, I've seen it quite a few times since since being told about like that Omaha food lovers group or some of the other groups online or just following some of these new restaurants, um, trying to pay attention to what you talk about so I can check those places out. Um, but yeah, people do just kind of just go for it, which is awesome. I mean, that's, that's what we need. We all need as a, as a business when we open, that's exactly what we need. So it's very much appreciated that everyone's so into it. Now let's go back real quick to that first public event that you guys held. So we're recording this on, Monday, July 18th. So this was just last Friday as of recording. A couple days ago, that would be July 15th. 15th, yep. Yeah, my, my math is good. I'm good at math. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty good, man. You guys <laughs> sold out in about 45 minutes. Yep. What? Just however you want to take this, whatever direction you want to take this question, just what was that day like? Like this is your first time operating in a brand new city and to have that kind of reaction. And I'm assuming there was a big crowd. You guys were just swamped. Like what was that day like for you? It it was kind of expected, but not at the same time. Like we kind of knew we were going to be busy just seeing what was going on on social media. So we had a little bit of an idea in our head, like, okay, we're going to probably be a bit busy. Um, but I honestly didn't expect to see a giant line like right away. Um, thankfully we had some experience with that in Vegas. Once we announced we were leaving Vegas for the last two months we were there, we had crazy lines every time. And we were selling out that fast in Vegas, especially those last two months. So thank goodness Brett and I have had some experience with that. Um, however, it made us nervous because we have new employees on the bus that have never done this. And so we were a little panicked, um, hoping that everybody would be able to keep up and, and just help it make, help make it work for us. And luckily we had some great employees that man, they rocked they it so rocked hard. It. Shouts, to um, the, shouts to anyone who helps us out. They've been so amazing. So yeah. Far. So thankfully we had that. So knowing that I'd done this before, I, I knew what to tell our guy taking orders. I knew what to tell him to quote people for weights. Um, and it got crazy because by 5.30, I'm telling people it's going to be an hour, hour and a half till I can get your pizza made because I can only make so fast. Um, and we can only fit so many pizzas in the oven at once. And the short sale takes time. It does. Um, from the time I top and it comes out of the oven, it's a good 25 minutes. Um, so when I have stacks of tickets to make, I have to give those longer wait times. Um so I was nervous telling people it's going to be that long. Hey, it's day one, and you're already going to be waiting this long for our pizza, and it's hot out. And um, people were awesome, though. Nobody complained. Um, I think all those people who were in line pretty much knew to expect that. We've kind of 
let people know that on social media ahead of time. Um, and I think some of those people had followed some of our last days in Vegas and seen what was going on in Vegas. So thankfully, everybody was super awesome. Nobody complained about waiting. Everybody was able to go in and have some drinks in the bar, which was great for Bearded Brewer. Having We were kind of forcing people inside to, to go get some <laughs> drinks. Um, nice hot day and you got to wait. Better go get something. Yeah, yeah, may as well go have a beer exactly. or three. Right, three. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was... It was a little scary, but we kind of have a little experience with it. So that I think that helped us a lot because I knew what to quote people versus giving people really inaccurate wait times. Um, it's uh, It was a relief for sure, though. Yeah, um, definitely. I've been pretty nervous for a few weeks just because moving your whole life to some other place you've never been. I don't really know anybody here. Um, I have no idea how it's going to go. And, it, you know, it was working um, where we came from. So it's just like, geez, I hope it's work, <laughs> working here. Uh, so just seeing everyone that came out and then the response um, was rare. Really, I could take a breath finally and be like, okay, I think I think we're going to do okay. I think people are actually enjoying it too. I mean, that's what it comes down to me. You can follow the hype all you want and just come out. But if you're not going to enjoy it, you're not going to come back. Um, so the fact that people really did enjoy what we were making like, okay, good. Finally, I can relax a little bit and s- focus my brain on the pizza and not just like, what do I do if this doesn't work or something? So, yeah. And that's, that's the last thing I want to ask you about. And we are, we're a little bit up against the clock here because I could talk to you guys forever. You guys are fascinating. <laughs> yeah. The story round, round behind this bus is fascinating. <laughs> I, I'm all in for round two already. But one of the benefits, I think, to having a, a, a food truck or a, a bus in you guys' case is that and you mentioned this earlier, Brett, is you guys can look out that window and you can see customers enjoying the food or not enjoying it if <laughs> yeah. things are going bad. But yeah. like that, there's that the wall between the dining room and the kitchen is so much less in that scenario. What, what does that do for you guys, that ability to kind of connect with the customers and see what they're experiencing? Um, I think uh, it just adds to the customer service experience, in my opinion, Um there was a pizza place called Capri in Rockford, Illinois, that I used to go to as a kid. And right when you walk in the door, there's a window um, where you get to watch those guys make that pizza, and that's where the kids go. You know, you just uh, your face is glued to that window, and you're just watching. Um, so the fact that people can kind of see us in there crafting things, maybe they can pick a certain window where they're tall enough to kind of see in and watch us make their food, or they can see me getting them out of the oven or something like that. Um, and then the fact that we can converse, you know, the windows are almost always open um, just because of the heat in there. You know, we need some fresh air and we got some fans going. So the fact that we can talk to them, we can personally tell each person, thank you right after we made their food, they can watch us. Um, I just think it just kind of adds to the overall vibe and uh, it just, it gives you more of a connection than like you said, being blocked behind some wall. You have no idea who's back there making your food. Um, and they're all they're all magicians, but you can't you can't see them usually. You know, any anyone making yeah. amazing food is like has a crazy talent. To, so to be able to uh, to be able to see that and kind of put it all together into one into one vision, it's really cool. Yeah, the windows too help help the customer see what we're doing in there. You know, like he's saying, it, not only can they see what we're doing and we can interact with them, but they can see, especially like the other day when I had a giant stack of tickets and I'm making and making and making they could see we're not in here slacking we're not giving you an hour and a half wait because we're going slow and taking our time and goofing around like we're busting butt and they can see that and I think that 
helps with the interaction. And we're pretty open on the bus too. Like if something's going wrong, they can hear us kind of banter back and forth. Something's Unfortunately, going wrong. sometimes I got to watch um, my mouth a little sometimes, but also we're very inviting. Like, Oh, people come up. Can, can I peek in? Absolutely. Step up on these bus steps and take a peek in or, you know, obviously the bus fascinates kids. So they want to pop on. Uh, sure. You can come up on the steps. You got to stay back, but you can come up on the steps and say, hi. Um, we try to, you know, welcome everybody. We'll throw peps out for the puppies. If uh, you come up with a puppy, Always. we're going to ask you, Hey, can your puppy have some pepperonis? pepperonis. You know, we call them pepperonis. You know, we, we want to make it a good experience for everybody, not just the people who are waiting for pizza. So I think it's just an all around awesome buy because of what the setup we have so i was excited to have this place in omaha before this conversation and my anticipation has jumped like three or four <laughs> levels over the past hour i'm so grateful that you guys gave me the time today now before we go real quick if somebody's listening to this and they're like holy crap i need to experience this as soon as possible what's the best way to keep tabs on Izzy's Pizza Bus and know where you guys are going to be next, uh, where they can expect you to, to be popping up. Just follow us on in, um, social media, either Instagram or Facebook. I have a, I usually will post everything on Instagram and it auto posts over to Facebook. Um, but I'll do a little couple extra posts on Facebook. I feel like a lot more people here are um, on that side of it. So just, uh, just go to Izzy's Pizza Bus on social media um, and just follow us on both of those and I mean, the point is to bring everyone out, so I definitely post when we're out. I get a lot of, will you post where you're at next? Absolutely, I will, yep. um, because I want you there. So go there. If you go to our website, izzyspizzabus.com, um, my Google Calendar just syncs up to that, so without me even having to type it, it's already there. Um, so you can see all our dates there. Um, but again, we're new, and we're just going to keep adding them, so if you don't see too many right now, I mean, it's this is just the beginning. So Yeah. Um, just click that follow button and you'll definitely, definitely see where we're going to be at. Yep. And, you know, we sold out pretty quick the other day and I know there were quite a few disappointed people. Nobody was really upset, I don't think, but I know some people were bummed, but we're going to get out there and, I mean, we're going to have a line probably for a little while and, you know, hopefully everybody gets a chance to get it soon and just, like he said, we'll keep adding more dates. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> no, we're going to be here for a while. So, um, yeah, if you didn't get one, just have patience, come back again. Um, you know, when we'll just continue improving, you know, how that operation works as well as the food. So we'll, we'll grow with you guys as long as you keep coming. That's exciting. And if the early indications are, are any indication, people are going to keep coming. Uh, I mean, the, the reactions that came from last Friday's first event were nothing but positive. The, the pictures looked awesome. Stuff, so yeah. I, I'm very, very excited to have you guys here. And I'm very grateful that you gave me more than an hour of your time this morning. Brett and Cherish, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Of course. Thank you, thank you yeah. for having us, and thank you for what you do. You're you're a, a legend in the in the town <laughs> here. I'm seeing. Legend. You're a legend, <laughs> man. Legend. You will I'm, live on I forever. cannot even accept nah, that. We, uh, just appreciate what you do for all of the local businesses as well. Thank you. Well, thank you. Of course. Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. Ahura Media Production.